0: from the Pharisees named Nicodemus, who was a ruler of the Jews. You see, a Pharisee is a member of the Jewish party that exercised strict piety according to the Mosaic law. They were super obedient people. They obeyed all the laws and all the following rules. These people disliked Jesus. These people were very obedient and they knew the law and this guy named Nicodemus Nicodemus we see at the beginning of verse 1 he was a ruler of the Jews he is an influential member of the Pharisees and a part of the Sanhedrin the Sanhedrin is basically a supreme council in charge of all the Jewish affairs in the Rome this dude in other words is a captain coach top dog he's the president this dude nicodemus knew his stuff frontwards and backwards he was very intelligent and very new but we see this in verse 2 nicodemus came to jesus he took a step and in my mind as i'm thinking about this encounter of nicodemus i think about this guy that knows he's very intelligent he knows all the rules he knows all the laws frontwards and backwards this dude is the top dog I could see him going to Jesus kind of a, a big chest you know look at me ha. I know about all this you know he could have went arrogant but he didn't one of the things that's fascinating to me Nicodemus goes to Jesus respectful kind and most importantly wanting to learn more Nicodemus went to Jesus wanting to learn more and truly understand but notice Nicodemus came Nicodemus took a step to go and talk with Jesus He was face to face with Jesus Christ. This man, Nicodemus, came to him at night and said, Rabbi, that means teacher. We know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform these signs you do unless God were with him nicodemus comes to jesus as night we don't know really exactly why he came to jesus as at night but one of the things we could see or uh, be able to to look at is that what happened at chapter two jesus cleaned out the temple he cleared out the temple you know there was a buzz about jesus and remember the pharisees don't like jesus And maybe for the reason why Nicodemus went to Jesus at night was because he didn't want to be seen. He didn't want to be associated. He didn't want his fellow Pharisees to be able to see and to accuse him of being with Jesus. And that could be one of the reasons why he went to Jesus at night. But one of the things that I do know is that this is the first encounter one-on-one with Jesus and a Pharisee. But here's one thing as I was unpacking this passage, there's one thing that really stood out to me. Nicodemus went to Jesus at night and it made me think about Jesus. Jesus, one of the things that I really noticed about it is he was willing to listen he was willing that no matter what time it was, even if it was at night, Jesus was willing to listen. No matter the circumstance, no matter the situation that's going on, Jesus wants to listen to us. We have twenty four seven access to the God of the universe. And Jesus wasn't caught off guard even at night. Jesus was willing and ready to receive the questions and help help Nicodemus understand what it is he's trying to learn. And one of the things that we can see is that he was able to take a step with Jesus. But here's something also that's fascinating. Nicodemus didn't have it all figured out. He was trying to understand. He was trying to understand what does it mean to be born again. And one of the things that the Lord revealed to me in this passage is as you take a step toward Jesus, you do not have to have it all figured out. And so as we continue through this passage, we see in verse three, Jesus replied, truly I tell you, some translations say truly, truly. And the way that I would say it from Tennessee would be uh, uh, for real, for real, come on. For real, for real, unless someone is born again, watch this, he cannot see the kingdom of God you cannot see the kingdom of God unless you were born again in the Greek the word again can be translated from above and we see in verse 4 that Nicodemus is trying to figure out and he's questioning and this is what he says how can anyone be born when he is old Nicodemus asked him can he enter in the mother's womb a second time and be born again Nicodemus is trying to figure it out from a physical perspective, but Jesus wants him to be able to see it from a spiritual perspective. And again, as Nicodemus has taken a step, the Lord reminds me, you do not have to have it all figured out. I mean, think about it. If we had it all figured out, then would it require faith? no if we knew the whole situation if we knew the outcome then there's no reason to have faith Jesus wants us to have faith and therefore it's we, we don't have to have it all figured out I mean think about the disciples think about the disciples do you really think that they had it all figured out when Jesus called them to follow me do you really think that they had a seminary degree ready to go no they were just obedient think about every individual in the Bible God uses unqualified people to do the work that God has set out to do all God wants us to do is to take a step we don't have to have it all figured out and we see that with Nicodemus he doesn't have it all figured out but here's one thing we need to continue to learn and grow and that's what Nicodemus is trying to do he's trying to understand in verse 5 we see Jesus answered when Nicodemus is trying to figure out what does it mean to truly be born again we see Jesus response and it says this truly I tell you unless someone is born of water and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Verse seven, do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. The wind blows where it pleases and you hear its sound but you do not know where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. Verse seven is a verse that is a warning to all of us just like it was to Nicodemus do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again God has clearly showed us by him coming and sending his son Jesus to die on that cross so that we may know without a shadow of a doubt that we can spend eternity in heaven don't be amazed don't be caught off guard that you need to be born again Verse 9, how can this be? Nicodemus asked. And watch how Jesus responds here. Are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? At first, I kind of think, you know, Jesus is a little sarcastic here. But here's one thing that I noticed. He starts out the way trying to explain it to Nicodemus. He says, are you a teacher of Israel and do not know these things? And the way that Jesus communicates with Nicodemus is a way that Nicodemus is going to be able to understand. You think about all the parables that Jesus taught. It's in a different way, but it's the same message. Every single one of them is the same message all about himself, Jesus. But it's shared in a different way so people could understand Stand, And that's the way that Jesus is telling right here to Nicodemus. And he says, truly I tell you, we speak what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But you do not accept our testimony. And then we see this illustration in verse 14 that Jesus gives to Nicodemus. And what happened in the Old Testament, and he says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness so the son of man must be lifted up this is what happened in Numbers chapter 21 and we see that God tells Moses to lift up the bronze snake and if people just looked at the bronze snake that they would be healed in the same way Jesus is telling Nicodemus I am going to the cross Jesus hasn't gone to the cross yet Jesus is going to the cross and he's saying in the same way I'm gonna be lifted up I'm gonna be nailed to the cross and I'm gonna be lifted up and people who look to the cross will be healed when people understand what Jesus is gonna do on the cross you're gonna understand that you can be forever healed and then we see the next verse play out And that's verse 15. And it says this. It says, so that everyone. So the reason why you look at the cross, the reason why you look at the Son of Man that's lifted up is because of this, verse 15. So that everyone who believes in Him may have eternal life. That's the reason. This is an invitation to all people. And here's the deal. Jesus is offering us a gift. And listen, what can you do with a gift? You could do two things. Number one, you can accept the gift. Or number two, you can reject the gift. There's only two options you can either accept the gift or you can reject it. And God has provided this gift. He's provided us this way in order to spend forever and eternity in heaven with Him. The question is, is are we going to accept it or reject it? Well, why? Why why would God give us this gift? How would God give us this gift? Well, that's a great question. And the answer is found in verse 16. Here's why, and here's how. For God loved the world in this way, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God loved, that word is unconditional. God loves you even if you have stolen something. God loves you even if you talk back to your parents. He still loves you. That's not right, but he still loves you. God loves you if you're struggling with an addiction. God still loves you if your marriage is in the balance right now. Even if you messed up in any way, oh, by the way, we all have. God still loves us. He loves all of us, that he gave his one and only son so that everyone, this invitation is for everyone, everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus bridges the gap. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but he Anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he does not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. God sent His Son to save the world through Him. Therefore, anyone who believes in Jesus is not condemned. But if you choose not to believe in G- Jesus, you stand condemned. I believe that this Bible is true from the table of contents all the way to maps and one of the things that I know is that there is a real place called heaven and I believe that there is a real place called hell a real place called heaven where you're going to spend eternity forever with Jesus Christ or a place called hell where you're going to be completely separated from God and the only way that we can get to heaven the only way that we can spend forever with Jesus is only by trusting in what he has done for you so listen to me you cannot do better it's not about what you have done it doesn't matter if you've been to church 52 weeks out of the year it doesn't matter if you were born in a church family it doesn't matter if you serve in Kidman it's not based on what you do it's based on what what has been done for you it's all about Jesus it's never been about us and so it doesn't matter even if you put a desk and work in a church none of these things will bring us any closer into having a relationship with Jesus the only way for us to have a relationship with Jesus is by trusting in Christ alone he is the only substitute the only way to get to heaven. He's the one that has the key that can give you access. Give me access. So it's not about putting a new suit on the man and trying to look the par. It's all about putting a new man in the suit and being transformed and being born again. So how do you do that? How do you be born again? How do you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Well, It's as easy as A, B, C. And here's what A stands for. A stands for Adam's suit. Here's what I mean by Adam's suit. You know, you think about an Adam's suit, you think about Adam in the garden and Eve, they ended up sinning. They ended up messing up in the garden and it's a trickle down effect all the way to you and me. We all have sinned we all have messed up. And so because of our sin, because of our Adam suit, we all are separated from God. Well, B, you know what we try to do? We try to fix it on our own. And that's where B comes in, as battle. We try to battle it on our own. We try to fix it. We try to make things right. And here's the reality. We can't. And so when you understand that you have an Adam suit, that you are sinful, that you are messed up, that you are separated, and you realize that you can't battle it, you can't fix it, you can't make things right, that's where C comes in, and that's Christ. Christ is the only way that can get you to heaven. And so, A, B, C, Adam suit, understanding that you're a sinner, sinner, realizing that you cannot battle, you cannot fix it, you cannot make things right. And it's only by Jesus Christ. You know, I want to end today by giving you an illustration and being able to see this clearly. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth all the way back in Genesis chapter 1 we see that everything that God created all the moon and the stars and the land and the ocean and everything about it God created it and listen it was perfect there was nothing wrong with the world And, and here's the deal guess what there is nothing wrong with this water Like, I I can drink this water. This is perfect water, you know. Stay hydrated. Guess what? That's a step for me. Losing weight, come on. So there was nothing wrong. Everything was perfect. But then we see in the garden, again, Adam and Eve, they ended up disobeying what God commanded them not to do. But they chose to go and do their own thing and sin entered the world and because of sin because of that trickle down effect because of all that we all have sinned because we all have the Adam suit we all have messed up we all have struggled and guess what I'm not drinking that Sin separates. But here's one thing that we need to understand and know is that because of our sin, there is nothing that you and I can do to make this right. We can try to battle, we can try to fix it, but listen, we're going to realize that we can't battle, we can't fix it. It's only by Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only way that can fix this problem. And so, because of Jesus, Jesus is the one, listen to me, that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, all sins. I want to ask you this question. Did Jesus die for what? All of your sins. What does that mean? Past, present, and future sins. Watch this. Even though we're still going to sin, we're going to mess up in 2023. We're going to do things that's displeasing to God, but guess what? Watch this at the end of the day God cleanses us from all unrighteousness you're going to see that it's just dissolving and Jesus cleanses us from it and so here's a question that I have for you as we look at this passage and we start 2023 is either you either know Jesus or you don't. Jesus is either Lord of all or He's not of all. He's either Lord of all or He's not at all. Don't be alarmed when you realize in verse 7 that you must be born again. At some point, just like Nicodemus, he came face to face with Jesus, and at some point, we're all going to come face to face with Jesus. And the question is do you know Jesus? Have you put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ alone? Like I said, there's only two ways that you can accept a gift, or any way you could. Take a gift, receive a gift. And that's accept it or reject it. And so maybe for you, starting 2023, the step that you need to take is to trust Jesus. Or maybe you're here and you say, Jason, I've already done this, I've already accepted Jesus as your personal Lord Savior. What step is it that just like David talked about us uh, this morning, that we need to grow, that we need to take a step, that we need to build relationships? What is it that you need to take a step? Listen to me. Every individual in this room has a step to take in 2023. You know why I know that? Because we're all called to grow and mature in our walk with the Lord and so what step is it for you that you need to take maybe just maybe it's to start serving in one of our ministries maybe it's holding up a door for, for visitors to come in maybe it's to serve in our kidmen. maybe it's to serve in student ministry maybe it's to, to uh, lead on the worship team what is it that you need to say yes to as far as taking a step in serving maybe it's leading a small group maybe it's to join a small group We're not meant to do life in rows, we're meant to do life together. Maybe it's to invite somebody that you know that is far from God but is close to you, is far from God but close to you, and you need to invite them to to your house. Build a relationship, invite them to come to church. You know how I got to know Jesus? I didn't grow up in a church home. I got invited by a friend if my friend never took that step to invite me to church I wouldn't be here today I'm thankful that my friend was obedient and taking a step what is it that you need to take a step in and listen to me church we have an opportunity to take at least 365 steps this year we all can take a step every single day. To be obedient to what the Lord has for us. So what step do you need to take? Just like Nicodemus, it takes courage. It's going to take courage for you to follow Jesus in 2023. Thank you for listening to the preaching and teaching ministry of Second Baptist. We hope that we will see you in person this next Sunday. To find more information about service times, location and ministry offerings, visit mysecond.family.